Is there anything wrong with a person? Or let's take a little child. Have you ever, beside Easter, ever hid anything and let the kids find it? Was that sinful and wicked and wrong? No. Is it wrong for a parent, as in a game, to take something and hide something and kids find it? My parents did that every year for Christmas. I never did find them. <laughs> I'm still looking for some of those things that they promised me. But it wasn't sinful. Is it sinful for you to eat a hard-boiled egg? Is it sinful to color an egg? When you begin to worship that Easter egg, or fall down and start bowing to some Easter bunny, you do have a problem. But there's nothing wrong with little kids enjoying some fun. Because that's basically all it boils down to. You ask the majority of people living in America, did you know that if you hide those Easter eggs and little kids find those Easter eggs, did you know that you're worshiping the sex goddess, the Ostra? They say, what? Most people haven't got a clue because to them, that's not what it means. I did it for years and had no clue what it meant. So there. I even celebrated Christmas and had no idea what it meant. I didn't know about Jesus Christ until I was 18 years old. But I did get some ideas about what God was like because I was never told the truth. It's one thing when children can be taught and enjoy something and this is fun and game and has nothing to do with Christ coming back from the dead. You want to do that, do that. But it has nothing to do with Christ and his resurrection. It's a separate thing altogether. The danger is when you put it together and says this is about Jesus Christ. What? Easter bunnies bringing Easter eggs. Have you ever seen a bunny lay an egg? I had a problem with that one time, remember? And it wasn't. Chocolate. In the book of Judges, it makes this statement. And if you'll look down there in your notes, Judges 2.13, They forsook the Lord and served Baal and Asherah. And it can, yes, you can go all the way back to the very beginning when a guy by the name of Nimrod and also a Hammurabi and the code of Hammurabi and how that they had similar laws just like in the Bible. For remember, they come from the flood and Noah and his family and they all came from there and God split them up and gave them different nations because they wanted to come together as one and one religion and to worship the heavens and God put a stop to it and yes so a lot of religions have their basis in back in old Babylon and yes there's many books that have been written and there's people that take a lot of secularism and things from the Bible, it's truth, and try to mingle together. And in the Word of God, even back in Genesis 3, where the Lord told Adam and Eve, says that she is going to have a child from her seed. And it will bruise the head. But you see, there's a story there about a woman is going to have a God child. And that story was told from the very beginning of 
a woman going to have a child. But the truth is, it will be a virgin that will have a child. And yet there's many religions that teach the woman and the child story. And if you look there in your notes on the back page, you'll notice up there where it says, In Babylon, they call Astaroth and Baal. But that, those names are used in the scriptures, but it's a false religion. Greece, they had false religion. Italy and Egypt, and there was the mother and child cult. And what the devil likes to do is dilute the story before the truth shows up. So that, oh, we've heard that a thousand times. We've been hearing that for years. That's nothing new. So to discredit the truth. You see, there's always humanism that comes from the devil. And men get away from believing what God says and believing the truth. And they brainwash people. And they have false religions. And so, even in Constantine's day, when they tried to declare Christianity is now the new religion of the Roman Empire. But people had different religious beliefs and co-mingling, putting things together. Well, a lot of things at different times in history mean certain things and other times it don't mean that. We have words in the King James Version that at one time meant this and now they mean something totally different. And it's the truth. The words have changed the meanings. But at the time it was written, it was the perfect word for the scriptures at the time it was given. So once in a while you might have to say, you know, this it's not a mistranslation. It's that the meaning of this word has changed and people don't know it. So sometimes we have to explain the meaning of that word. I don't believe that a lot of people today are trying to worship something that's false. I do believe that Christians might need to be careful that they don't become so judgmental in other people's lives that all we want to do is rip people to shreds because they don't know what we know. I may know certain things, but is there a great value in trying to set everybody straight? I don't believe that's wise. I don't believe it's going to accomplish anything. I believe it's more important just keep hammering on the truth of what it is more so than what it is not. And yet there'll be some people that will never know. But somewhere along the line, you hope that some people will see and understand that, you know, Easter's all about Christ. It's the resurrection of Christ. So when somebody mentions Easter, I don't get out of, been out of shape. But I do believe that Resurrection Sunday would eliminate a problem. But most people don't know what you're talking about then. Are you going to celebrate Resurrection? Well, we celebrate Easter. But it, you got to find, it doesn't always mean the same thing in other people. So you want to define your terms. So with you and I here at Calvary, we believe that it's an important day. Jesus Christ came back from the dead. It's resurrection, and it's all about Christ. It's not about anything else but Christ. But if you want to, there's nothing in the Bible that says you, you're supposed to dress up on Easter, but a lot of women just love to dress up. Look how my wife dressed me just for the day. <laughs> you ain't never seen me look so pretty. But I didn't do this. But is it wrong? Is it sinful? I should hide my head in shame and be ashamed of myself. Well, I'm not. I ain't never felt so good. But this has nothing to do with the resurrection of Jesus Christ. See, a lot of people can dress up nicely. 
and know nothing about Jesus Christ. A lot of people may have all the other stuff and buy all the other stuff and totally forget what true Easter is about. Did you know that in the Bible, you really and truly worship the Lord when you obey the Lord and do what God wants you to do? And he says, upon the first day of the week, and that's because that's considered every Sunday is considered the Resurrection Sunday. It's the Lord's day. The Lord's day. So you see, because this day that's set apart once a year because of the Passover, as that's described in the Old Testament, Christ came back from the dead. Now, generally, we believe it was on the 14th of the month of April, and then on the 17th that he came back from the dead. Because, see, in the Old Testament, when he talks about, you know, the flood, that it settled upon Mount Ararat in the seventh month on the 17th day. You see, that's three days from Passover. And so on the 17th day, Christ came back again from the dead. When you study the book of Genesis and you look there when it says on the first day, it was evening and morning and God saw that it was good. And that was the first day. The second day, it doesn't say that it's good. Because you see, the first day is like the light came into the world. The second day, Christ died on the cross. The third day talks about the land appearing. And that's a picture like of the resurrection. And God saw that it was good. But that was the third day. On the third day, Christ came back again from the dead. And there is a civil calendar or the national calendar. There is a uh, sacrificial type of religious calendar. And that's the same day because it's talking about the seventh month. But that's going from like an October. And you count seven months and you'll come up with the same time as you do on April the 17th. Christ came back again from the dead. That's what it's all about. But if you really believe that and it really means something to you, then it will affect not only this day, but every day of my life. I live every day for Jesus Christ, who loved me and gave himself for me. He came back from the dead. Nobody's ever done that before. And he promised that he would give to every individual the free gift of everlasting life. And all that we have to do is simply trust him. Now, I got some scriptures here that I want you to look at. And it's found in Romans chapter 4. Romans chapter 4. Turn all the way over there to Romans. Romans chapter 4. And you'll notice here, and I just want to start here with these verses. See there in verse 20. Look in verse 20. He staggered not at the promise of God. Who is he? Abraham in the Old Testament. Staggered not at the promises of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And being fully persuaded that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. See, God had already promised Abraham to be justified by faith. But he also knew about Jesus Christ dying and paying for sin. And when he was ready to offer up his own son upon the altar, and the son says, Dad, where's the sacrifice? And the dad says, uh, the Lord will provide himself a sacrifice. 
And then in Hebrews in chapter 11, it makes the statement that Abraham believed that if he slew his own son, that God would raise him from the dead because he knew that he had received him as a type of Jesus Christ coming back from the dead. So Abraham knew and believed all of that. And God put his righteousness to his account. Because, you see, God was going to send his son into the world to down the cross to pay for the sins of the whole world. And Abraham, that includes you. And if you believe that this is what I'm going to do and why I'm going to do it, you are justified. Just as if you had never sinned. You get to have eternal life and live with me for all eternity. Not because of your works. Because Abraham couldn't keep the law. Why? Because the law wasn't given until 430 years later to Moses. So Abraham wasn't justified by works. He was justified by faith. But look what he says in verse 22. And therefore it was imputed to him or put to his account. Now it was not written for his sake alone as though he was the only one. No. That it was imputed to him. But in verse 24, but for us, this side of the cross, but for us also, get this, to whom it shall be imputed. What? His righteousness. See over there, and you need to see that in verse 5. Look in verse 5 of chapter 4. But to him that worketh not, but believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness. Who worketh not. In other words, you didn't earn it. You didn't work for it. Salvation, going to heaven, is not a result of you living a good life. Heaven is not a reward that you earn. Heaven is a destination for only believers. So the Bible says, But believeth on him that justifieth the ungodly. If I will believe on the one that justifies ungodly. Ungodly means you're unjust. You're not worthy. You don't deserve to go to heaven. I do not deserve to go to heaven. You do not deserve to go to heaven. You have never met anyone that deserves to go to heaven. You say, you don't know my Aunt Susie. I don't want to know your Aunt Susie. She still does not deserve to go to heaven. And it doesn't matter if it's the Pope or Mother Teresa or anybody else. Billy Graham, you name anybody you want to. Nobody deserves to go to heaven because of how good they lived. Nobody. Because Christ would have died for the sins of everybody but them because they deserved it. No. Everyone is a sinner. Everyone will die. And there's only one Savior, Jesus Christ. And He died on the cross to pay for the sins of the world. And to prove that that payment was acceptable... He came back from the dead. And that's why he told him before he died, I will come back in three days. And we know that he was the proof when he came back from the dead. He was a living receipt, proof of payment for all eternity. And we go to heaven because of what he did for us. But look there now in verse 6. Even as David also described the blessedness of the man unto whom God, get this, God imputed righteousness without what? Without works. But you see, he cannot give you his righteousness unless he paid for all of your sins. But did he pay for all of my sins? If he paid for all of them but one, he didn't help me. Salvation is free. It is a gift. I've said this a lot of times, but let me say it one more time. 
If Jesus Christ died on the cross, paid for all the sins of the world, for everybody, why should I or you go to hell and pay for one sin if he paid for all sin? Somebody said, you mean everybody's going to heaven? No, no, I didn't say that. I said, why? Why would a man go to hell and have to pay for sin if Christ already paid for sin? And that would be because you don't believe he did it for you. See, there's a God in heaven that said, I died for you. But if you don't believe he did it for you, he will not put that payment to your account. God wants you simply to do one thing that you can do. Would you believe he did it for you? God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, that whosoever, anybody, believeth in him should not perish. Only those that believe won't perish. Everybody else will perish because they will not believe. And that's why it's so important to believe it. Now look in verse 24 again. But for us also, get this, to whom it shall be imputed. What? God will take his righteousness put to your account if we believe. If you don't believe, it will not be done. It's not to those who go to church. It's not for those who do penance. Not for those who do prayers. Not for those who give money. Not for those who are trying to live good enough to go to heaven. No, no. It doesn't say none of that. Will you believe that when Jesus died, he died and paid for your sins? See, if I believe he paid for my sins, it means I don't have to go to hell and pay for any of my sins. You say, I mean, as bad as you are, as bad as I am, I don't have to pay for them. You said, that's not fair. That's not right. I know. That's called grace. I don't deserve it. But when you stop and think about all the religions of the world, isn't it true that all the religions are trying to get you to deserve the right to go to heaven? Totally opposite of what God said. So they're commingling what God says and what man thinks and trying to put it together, and it won't work. It causes confusion. Just like Christ coming into the world for Christmas and Frosty the Snowman. They don't go together. You can have all the snowmans you want. I don't care. Ain't going to affect nothing. And neither does Christ coming back from the dead. And an Easter bunny. They don't go together. You can do all you want to. You can stand on your head and spit wooden nickels, but it ain't going to get you to heaven. Going to church will not make you a Christian no more than walking into a garage will make you an automobile. It won't work. So he says here in verse 24, if we believe on him, get this, that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Get this last verse. Who was delivered... For our offenses. That means for our sins. He was crucified for our, not his, our trespasses, our sins. Raised again for our justification. To justify me, to make me and declare me righteous. He has to come back to do it. So he came back again from the dead and has declared me justified. As though I'd never sinned in my life. Just as if I was perfect. So you don't deserve it. I know. That's how good God is. You're not going to heaven because you're good. You're trying and you're sincere. The only way you will ever get to heaven is if you will believe that when Christ died, he died for you. He paid for your sins. God in heaven knows every individual that believes that. 
And if you don't believe that, that's why you'll try to earn your salvation because you don't believe He will save you the way you are. You might think Christ is necessary, but you don't think He's enough. He's all I need. He saved me when I was 18 years old. I trusted Christ as my Savior in a little old living room. I wasn't even in a church. But I heard this news for the first time in my life, and I understood. And that night I accepted Jesus Christ as my Savior. He saves me, gives me eternal life, and I get to go to heaven on what Christ did for me. Look up here. This hand represents you and me. And this wallet represents sin. It's all the things that we do that's wrong. We have all sinned. But the Bible says that we committed the sin, we ought to pay for it. And the wage of sin is death, eternal separation from God in hell. But God says to go to heaven, you have to be perfect, as righteous as God, without sin. None of us are without sin. We're all sinners. And God says you cannot save yourself. So you don't have to be good to go to heaven. You don't have to go to church to go to heaven. You don't have to stop your sins hoping that that will make it you, you worthy enough. No. Stop all of that. That's junk. That's religion. That's trash. That's humanism. That's religion. It won't work. Only one thing that will work. This hand represents Jesus Christ. God in the flesh. He's perfect. Has no sin. He came into the world because God so loved us. Oh, He didn't love our sin, but He loved us. So God sent His Son into the world to take our sins. He loves us, but He hates what we do wrong, but it separates us from Him. So Christ took all the sin of all the world, paid for it on the cross, came back again from the dead. And God said that if you and I, anyone, open invitation wall, on the level that even little children can understand it, there's not a, no works to do. God said, I will impute my righteousness to your account. And you didn't earn it. You don't deserve it. And think of how many people will not accept Jesus Christ as their only hope of going to heaven. They will not believe it. So they'll keep on going to church, and doing their prayers, counting their beads, doing this, doing that, giving money, trying to do their best to try to, well, I'm trying. I'm doing the best I can. I hope I'm going to heaven. I don't hope I'm going to heaven. I know I'm going to heaven. I can't go to hell if I tried. Now, when's the last time you heard a preacher say that? I can't go today. I can't go tomorrow. I can never go to hell. You say, why? Because he died for all of my sins. You say, if that's true, you can go out here and live like the devil and still go to heaven. I know. What do you want me to do? Say, no, that's not right. Because that is right. I can live like the devil and still go to heaven when I die. And I cannot apologize for that. Because to apologize for that or to deny that would not to tell the truth. Either I know I'm going to heaven or I'm not going to heaven. You're either saved forever or you're not saved at all. You see, when Christ died for my sins, how many of them did he die for? All of them. That means he paid for my sins before I was ever born. He did it 2,000 years ago. And so only thing I have to do to go to heaven is to believe he did it for me. He died and paid for my sins. He came back again from the dead. 
And God said, if I would trust him, he would take his righteousness and give it to me. I'm going to heaven not because I'm righteous, not because I'm good, not because I deserve it, but because he loved me. He loved me. Now, I can't explain that. I've tried, but I cannot explain that. So you see, even though I trusted Christ as my Savior and all my sins are forgiven and I know I'm going to heaven when I die, then why am I out there trying to live like the devil? Because something happened to me. I can't quite explain it. But when he saved me and gave me eternal life, he made me his child. And because I'm a child of God, I guess I just fell in love with my father. And because he's my father and because of what he's done for me, I want to live for him. But see, I don't do it to get to heaven. I do it because I'm going to heaven. I know that if I don't serve the Lord, I know I'm still his child. And he's my father. And he will probably chasten me. Might even take me home before my time. But I serve the Lord because of what he's done for me and because he loves me. And I know that if I don't do right, I know he'll beat the tar out of me before I get to heaven. And I just, uh, I would rather have his blessings than his chastening hand. Wouldn't you? So you see, I don't have to serve the Lord to go to heaven. I serve the Lord because I am going to heaven. And if I don't serve the Lord, I'm still going to heaven. Because he promised. And he cannot lie. He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. I've trusted Christ as my Savior. I'm going to heaven when I die. What about you? Let's pray, shall we? If what I've said made sense to you, I'm not going to have you forward, not going to embarrass you. Right where you're sitting, I just simply, in just a moment, I'm going to ask for a raise of hand. Raising your hand does not save you. It will not get you to heaven. It's just to let me know that what I said made sense to you. And you said, preacher, that made sense to me. And this morning, I will trust Christ as my Savior. I've heard about it, but I just never have done it. And I want to be certain of going to heaven. And I, today, I want this to be the day, this to be the moment that I trust Christ as my only hope of going to heaven. I believe he died and paid for all of my sins. Now, if you've never done this before, do it now. If you've already done it before, you never have to do it again. And he says, if you'll trust him as your Savior, he will give you everlasting life. You get to go to heaven on what Christ did for you. He loves you so much. Don't reject him. Don't turn him down. So with heads bowed, eyes closed, in the quietness of this moment, is there anyone at all say, yes, I will trust Christ as my Savior and preach. I want you to pray for him. Would you slip your hand up very quickly and put it right back down? Anyone at all? Just slip your hand up very quickly. If you've never trusted Christ as your Savior, if you were to die right now, where would you go? If you can't say, I know I'm going to heaven, then you need to trust the Lord. Anyone before we close? Our Father, we thank you so much for this time together. We thank you for the truth of your word. We thank you for all those who came to be with us today. We ask your blessings upon them and just ask your blessings upon each person here and each family represented. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.